0: We did see James Bond was sponsored by Heineken, um, which is one of those examples, as you, as, as you say. And, you know, that's one of the things I would have thought that just from a, a brand messaging, you think that he would uh, want to be associated with something a little bit more discerning than, you know, uh, one of the, the most macro of macro beers.
1: <laughs> you, yeah, you would think and I would think, but there's probably still a lot of people out there that do think Heineken is that um, prestigious international mm-hmm. beer.
0: With over 20 years in the field, Cry Malt have been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts. They are your premium brewing partner and proud supporters of Brewers News, And this is Radio Brews News. You might recognise out of the gate that you've got a different voice introducing it because my good friend and colleague, Pete Mitchum, is off on Australian International Beer Award judging duties and couldn't uh, be here. But I do have a very special co-host with me this week, somebody who is no stranger to regular listeners and somebody who I think that our regular listeners would probably wish they heard more from anyway. uh, Zoe Ottaway. Zoe, welcome back.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for being had, as always. It's always a thrill that we can... <laughs> and we've actually got you on in the afternoon, so uh, thank
1: you for making time in your busy schedule. Oh, uh, anytime. I love um, the opportunity to get on here and have my little rants, and <laughs> um, yeah, appreciate the opportunity to be here, so thank you.
0: You're the non-ranty one. Uh, <laughs> really? You're the voice of reason. I
1: think I do rabbit, rabbit <laughs> on a bit.
0: <laughs> oh, not No. I, I, I'll put it this way, Um, that comment has been made about a number of people who appear on this, me chief amongst them. I've never heard anybody say uh, anything about you ranting, rabbiting or waffling. So uh, yeah, don't, don't change what you've been doing. It's been working so far.
1: All right, that's good to know. My my new year's resolution this year was actually to finally learn how to leave shorter voicemail messages. So <laughs> maybe I'm, this is the first step into making that happen. <laughs> well, so I
0: don't, all I, yeah, I've stopped leaving voicemail messages because I've learned that people don't listen to them, so it's a waste of time anyway. And most people just call back when they see a yeah. uh, missed, missed call. <laughs>
1: Well, see that—that—that's even better. That just makes it a zero time, <laughs> time instead of a twenty second. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, on on with the news. Actually,
0: before we get on with the news, um, we are one week out from uh, Good Beer Week. Um, by the time this will go out beforehand, but by the time that people are listening to it uh, will probably be. Well and truly um, knee-deep in good beer week. Have you got any commitments outside? I know that you're doing a Pink Boots panel on the Wednesday or the Thursday.
1: Yeah, so we've got that. I'm just pulling up my calendar now. Um, We've got a Pink Boots Know Your Worth, um, which is on the Thursday. Um, So that will be a really great session just about um, workplace conversations and how to, I guess, uh, assert yourself and primarily with your salary in mind, um, have those conversations at work. Um, but, yeah, no, I've got a couple of trade panels that I'm on. Um, I'm actually hosting my own on Monday the 13th um, about around branding, and that it's more than just a beer label. Um, I think there's only, like, two spots left for that, though, but um, th- that's a free session. And and then I'm on another one on Thursday the 16th. Um, on the Wednesday? Myself. uh, uh on the Wednesday, yes, sorry, on that, the Wednesday. That's the, the labelling one
0: right after our own on how to manage a recall. After
1: yours. Yeah, so that would be a good one um, where we just will discuss um, best practices and legalities in labelling. Um, and that's got myself as a marketing representative. It's got um, Jamie Cook, um, obviously from Stonewood, and IBA um, chairman as an industry representative. It's got Dhammad from... Um, Endeavour Drinks, um, so that's Dan Murphy's and Co. So from a retailer perspective and Hendo, who I'm sure um, every listener <laughs> knows um, of, of Rockstar Brewing. Um, so just the four different perspectives and our own um, experiences to date. Um, and then I think most of part of... Um, James Smith, um, the Crafty Pint. He's got a startup brewery session on the Friday, so Good he's job. just heading in on that one too. So yeah, so the days are busy, but the nights will be fun. Um, <laughs> I think most nights I've got a few things locked in, and I want to get to a few pint of origins this year. Um, yeah, they they are always on my to do list, and seem to get poor things get shafted every year. But I, I really want to get to a couple of them this year and just try some breweries. Well, we might have to just uh, don't get to see you. Look, look at often. schedules
0: because I'm a little bit the same. I haven't. Uh... Gotten to too many of those, but I've got. I'm actually down for the full week uh, this year, so uh, I will have a little bit of time on my hands. So maybe we can go and check out a couple of uh, Point of Origins ourselves.
2: Perfect.
1: I heard um, some really good things around the Asian one, um, which a lot of people were just really surprised with some of the beers that were coming out of that fine of origin. So, yeah, and then the interstate ones, the overseas ones, you could spend a week just doing that. So, mm. um, yeah, good beer week. Bring it on. I'm excited.
0: Now, I'm very interested in the very first panel you, you mentioned about knowing your worth because that is one of the industry discussions that is often had, and it's not confined to the brewing industry but with so much focus on the gender pay gap one of the things that people sometimes point to is the difference between the way uh, men and women approach, um, you know, works where sometimes, and, and I think uh, it, was, it was something that Terry Farendorf mentioned to us is that women sometimes tend to sit back and wait to be offered a, a pay increase. Um, is, is that what, what's driving?
1: Yeah, a bit of it is that. Um, it's just, I guess, talking about salaries is, is uncomfortable for most people. Um, and I think, the vast majority of people would rather avoid it where possible you know my personal opinion on that is that it shouldn't matter how assertive you are if you're doing the job and the job is worth that is the onus is on the um, employer to be making sure they're paying um, their staff right and appropriately regardless of gender but unfortunately you know that doesn't happen and um, you know and there's other considerations that in mind as well. So, yeah, if this is just a session, um, I, I'm I'm really proud to see this session in there. Um, it just adds to the diversity of the Good Beer Week trade hub, um, and that. You know, there's some really great brewing ones. There's, you know, there's myself doing a marketing one, and Mariella from Made with Moxie doing a sold-out um, social media session. Um, there's yourself with the recalls. I think there's, you know, it just I think it just shows that year-on-year year, the depth of the trade hub um, just improves each time and has so many different things to offer. Um, and approaching our beer industry with that business, the f- like full-focus business attitude rather than we're just brewers um because you know that's that's the professional um, standard that is expected from us these days you know craft is in incredible growth we want to see it going that way and we want to get more people into it um so yeah the more awareness that um you know industry as a whole has around running successful businesses and not just breweries can only be a good thing
0: Absolutely, and and we'll be recording most of those panels. uh, I I think, certainly, the pink boots panel and the marketing panel. So, um, because our uh, Megan, our very own uh, Megan Saley, will be will be chairing the uh, pink boots panel,
1: won't she? Yes. Yep. So yeah, Megan's there, and um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm really proud of that, that session, and hopefully, what it can offer to people coming along to it.
0: Now, just on the um, little bit of a segue here, just on that that, that whole idea of waiting um, to, you know, whether you ask for something or wait till somebody. And Bruce News has always taken the approach that, uh, you know, we've waited for people to come and contact us and advertise. And we realise that they don't always do that. But somebody that did not wait for us to uh, uh, ask them to advertise was Rallings Labels and Stickers. Uh, who approached us and uh, apparently have been very glad that they did because they've done very well. If you are in the brewing industry and you're looking for ways to uh, maybe make your packaging pop a little bit more or a little bit more flexibility in the way that you do things, call Rallings Labels and Stickers and uh, benefit from the flexibility that they can provide you. Even if you do have another supply for your main uh, labels, maybe give uh, Rallings a call and see what they can do for your small batch and limited release beers. But yeah, uh, how is that? Seamless from a marketing point of view? Oh, I think Croft should watch his back.
1: You might, <laughs> might, might have this from him now.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's get on with the news. Um, headlines this week, uh, Zoe. Um, controversy over alcohol-free ads. CUB ad- announced a new advertising campaign in which it aims to get adults to switch from sugary soft drinks to its alcohol-free variant, Carlton Zero. Central to the debate is whether a beer that contains no alcohol is actually achieving the aim of reducing alcohol consumption, or if it's a product designed to hook consumers, especially children, into a pattern of behaviour. What what did you make of all of this, Zoe?
1: Yeah, this is one I've been pondering this since um, it first got released, and because my initial reaction was like, "What? Like, can't have? Like, it's so closely branded to beer, and I don't, you you know, I do get quite passionate about." ABAC and our responsibilities as an industry and making sure that we're leading the right way and um, showing, like, we can look after ourselves. We don't need to be regulated like cigarettes. Not that, you know, being clear from the start, you know, cigarettes are 100% bad for you. You know, alcohol isn't when it's drunk in moderation. And, um, you know, that's the message that we need to be really being quite proactive in protecting. So... My first one was I think it was more because the label to me wasn't that distinctive from a beer at full strength label, and yeah, just the more I thought about it, I then started going down a different approach about just society and actually non-alcoholic beer should be a bit more accepted, and you know it's good that it's out there, <laughs> and so I've gone I've gone a bit all over the shop on this. Um, alcohol is such a big part of our just way of living um I'm, I'm not sure if if you watch the um on abc there's a really terrific show um, called you can't ask that and last night was actually one on um alcoholics and they were saying um it's, you know that you'd go to any it's my birthday you've got to have a drink it's your birthday you know you've got to have a drink you know it's friday night like what why aren't you drinking um you know it's such a it's it almost, almost offensive we're so conditioned. yeah like, it's a really challenged thing.
0: It, it is, but it's even more so than that. There, there is that aspect of drinking being woven into our lifestyle, but then there's also the, you know, the, the assumption that it will lead to ill effects. Um, and you know, any time that it, it's just so casually referenced in conversation that if you go out with a group of friends, the, the next time you see them or the next morning, the, the text isn't great to see you, didn't we have a good time? It's how'd you pull up? Um, and mm. the same sort of questions are asked of, you know, sporting captains the day after they win a grand final, you know, how's the head, mate, um, sort of thing, as if the only way to drink involves excessive consumption.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so it really – yeah, I, I have been bouncing back and forth, which probably isn't great for the broadcast listeners to not have a real definite answer. No, it is because it's a conversation. Um, I really – like – I do want to give props to CUB for putting it out there. Um, You know, they do have the reach and the marketing budgets that they might be able to break some new ground um, compared to smaller guys. But do I think we're ready for it? I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure if the sugar message is really effective. Um, I would, just in my personal opinion, I would think um, if you, if your drink of choice is normally, you know, lemonade, fanta cola you're probably going to look for a diet lemonade fanta cola first um i don't think you would go you know switch from mountain dew to a alcohol-free beer um to save the sugar content um it's i would i would assume it's a flavor profile that you're chasing down first and that the swap wouldn't satisfy that the call out that it has been deliberately done to attract children into the um, you know, the beer mindset, I think, I think that's maybe a stretch too far. I don't think there's anything deliberate about that at all. And the marketing, you know, I don't think, it wasn't targeted at children at all.
0: And, and there is so much, just just the topics you're, you're sort of hitting on, there are so many different elements to, to this story. And uh, on the, the the children one, the one that I come back to is that brewers have been battling for, you know, decades that consumers are shying away from bitter, Beverages, and in fact, uh, Great Northern, which is CUB's um, powerhouse, has come out and rebranded to really stress that it's a low bitterness um, alternative. And I, I just can't see that this, from a flavour profile, can be can possibly be targeted at children. Um, but you know just because it's, it, it's bitter and kids generally prefer, you know, young drinkers generally prefer something that's sweeter. If they were t- targeting um, younger drinkers, you'd think it would be a uh, lemon-lime variant you know, of beer rather than, than yeah. a regular flavoured beer.
1: I spent Easter with my nephews and I, I see how much they just hunt down sugar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like being around kids and, yeah, anything sweet, they just seem to have an inbuilt radar for. Um, but having said that too, even like watching the ad and it's the two guys in a clearly in an office lunch space and one of them puts the the bottle on the table i was at first i was like oh that um, that feels really weird for me and then i got thinking well who's drinking kombucha it's the same shape bottle and so yeah i have been flip-flopping on this one i i do want to see low alcohol and no alcohol options just be like it's not even part of the conversation it's just done like it's it's just another drink option just like if you have a coffee or if you yeah had a soft drink it's not you know it's not something that needs to be called out but um yeah i just don't know if australian beer or drinking culture is quite there yet
0: well and we've talked a little bit that that's the thing that there's so much wrapped up that's not just about the quality of this product um the uh, australians already have one of the highest rates of mid um you know mid-strength acceptance in the world the the, the places that the no alcohol versions tend to f- find a foothold are places that have got um zero tolerance for drink driving and there are some places that have no um you know I, I, we, we've got 0.05 some there are some uh, countries that have zero tolerance um, but then also countries that only have a full strength and then nothing under that. Um, I, I can't see Australians going from the you know 3.5 down to less than 0.5 unless there are other reasons involved.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think it, when it comes to a product that's marketed as beer, um, it will be the alcohol or the carbs over sugar, which this ad was also pushing as well. But, that's where um, but it, it, to extend it. on what you've just said as well, like this this week there was the, um, the media release around um, 50% of um, Australian adults that drink alcohol drink to get drunk. Um, so, you know, that's... That's a really scary figure. Um, it's not. You know, well, I think it's designed to be
0: scary it's... as well. I'm I'm really cautious of anything that comes out of the foundation of alcohol research and education. Not because I'm not really sympathetic to educating people about alcohol, but they just to me have become more and more militantly anti-alcohol um, and tend to cherry pick um, research or you know run highly selective. Um, w- without seeing the research tool that they use, I'd be very doubtful, you know, uh, about quoting that, um, that that figure. Yeah. Because um, also, since they've been conducting that research, they claim that the number of adults who are going um, who, who, who on 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 at least one occasion a year, I think it is deliberately drink to get drunk, has increased which seems to fly against all of the data that's coming out that Australians are drinking less, more Australians are less. not drinking at all. So, I, yeah, I, I just don't know where to put that that research.
1: Yeah, no, 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 that's fair enough. Um, and, yeah, I really don't think that's the right answer either, is that no alcohol is the best option. I think, you know, we, we need to be treating or teaching better drinking habits. And, you know, that's one of the things why I love working um, in craft beer is that it's not, first and foremost, a, a, a liquid to be drunk, to get, to drink to get drunk. It's, um, it is celebrating flavours and the brewing side of it and recipe creation and, and ingredients. And there's stories behind each beer, let alone the breweries themselves. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, there's so many messages in this one. Um, just
0: before we move on um, to, to another one, I just want to go back to the point you made about sugar um, because they, they've obviously very much targeted the idea that it's less sugar than soft drinks. But one of the things I've been a little bit critical of, um, and I was very critical of Heineken Zero, um, and then also this one in, in this article, on one hand they're saying it's got no sugar in but when you read the labels, it, 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 it actually has significantly, I think it's got two and a half times the carbs of a regular um, contemporary you know, mainstream beer, like uh, VB, for example. Um, and whilst they're malt-based, they are still carbohydrates. Um, and so really, it, it, it's significantly more carbs than regular beer, but... Um, you know, I think only a third less than, than Coca-Cola. So they are sort of playing games a little bit when they say that, you know, it's, you know, less than, you know, you know, 3% of the sugar of of Coke because it's there, there are are sugars and there are sugars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's fine. It's treading that really fine line about putting a healthy aspect to an alcohol option. Um, You know, I, yeah, I, I, again, that's something I kind of struggle with. You know, this is the healthier option. You know, at the end of the day, it's still alcohol. And, um, you know, it, that's not a good or bad thing, but it's just like it just needs to have this different mindset that, yeah, just drink good flavours in reasonable amount, uh, moderate amounts and, you know, just approach it yeah, with a different view as to what traditionally Um, we probably have here in Australia and I I was um, because I
0: mentioned uh, in in the article that it had less than uh, 0.5 of a percent of alcohol which is the threshold for a beer to be defined as no alcohol beer and uh, a a brewer from CUB um, commented in that that it was actually less than 0.05 percent so it's actually a fraction um, that they're very efficient at um, through the, uh, the the vacuum um, distilling method um, uh, removing the alcohol. Um, so it, it, it is functionally, it, it, it's got the, the same amount of alcohol that orange juice in, in your fridge that's sort of approaching its use-by date would have. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think it is. And one of the other points that was made in the comments was um, Marie Claire Jarrett uh, made the point that we should be embracing these because a whole lot of people are drinking, you know, would look to these for religious or, you know, cultural grounds. Um, and as you said, there is such a social pressure to be seen drinking beer that this almost allows you, know, allows you to camouflage your non-drinking by being seen to have a beer in your hand and not have to answer those awkward questions
1: yeah yeah but yeah hopefully the day just comes where you can it's not to avoid anything it's just because that's your choice of drink and everyone accepts that we'll we'll get there one day hopefully
0: absolutely so uh anyway that, that wasn't meant to be our deep dive but we did a pretty good job of diving deeply into that one um thor and an ipa how craft beer caught marvel's attention um and thank you to ross in our chat room for sending oh no uh, ross uh who's a listener for sending this through to uh, us on email The powerhouse Marvel studio could have staged any beer cans in in, in the movie, but they strategically placed beers from an independently owned small brewery in the hands of its superheroes, and that was no mistake. Some fans of Tropicalia were on the Georgia-based production team for for its movies that would later become Infinity War and Endgame. When the directors of the final two Avengers film, Joe and Anthony Russo, realised a beer had reached cut-like status on their set, they were fascinated. It, it, it's a nice little way to get, uh, A, a brand, but then also does it advance the independent beer message, Zoe?
1: How, I, I think this is cool. This is really cool. I guess from a marketing point of view, I was looking at it, something like this could have been... Sponsored our paid advertising. You know, we're so used to seeing that, um, you know, product placement these days. The value put on that, and how the power they would have had to be able to go out to anybody. You know, the Heinekens. You know, the, the big. It would have. They, they would have. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm, I, I, they could, I just, have, but then I, again,
0: they made a billion dollars by the first weekend, so maybe they didn't need yeah, to.
1: But I love how organically this just happened and this um as i I've, I've probably have done on the podcast before and definitely to anyone that has approached me in a professional um aspect is like when at totem we always are asking like who's your target audience and this is a great example because once you know your target audience not that like this i'll, I'll get to my point but once like these guys just love this beer within their own circle because word of mouth is the most trusted form of advertising. It's free and it's normally said directly to the people who are most open to hearing that message. They created this cult-like effect around that beer within their own group, which then got the attention of the right people that went, well, why don't we just do this? And like you said, it wasn't a project that had to put a value against that product placement, but they easily could have and got, another shit tonne load of money in from the big brands who could afford that but there was just wasn't the need they they had created this affinity for this beer within their own circles that they kind of just did it for themselves um it obviously felt good to them to put it in the in the movie the the brewery gets on it the fact that it's an independent beer um i think it i think it's great because it stands out like we if that had been a heineken we we all just would have we might not even have noticed it. We're so used to seeing those kind of products completely dominating any opportunity like this, um, or whether it be like a carton draft here in Australia or whatever the equivalent is, we're used to seeing those same big boys that just can't afford to be there. And the fact that this one is an independent brewery that hasn't paid for that spot is purely done because of that um, respect and the um, the love that the right people Got for it, it just it snuck on in. I, I think this is great. This is yeah, it's the um, yeah, like the, yeah, the, the little guy did good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it made me really happy <laughs> to read this article.
0: We did see James Bond was sponsored by Heineken, um, which is one of those examples, as, you, as as you say. And you know, that's one of the things I would have thought that just from a a brand messaging dollars aside, one of the you know in branding Bond. Um, you think that he would uh, want to be associated with something a little bit more discerning than, you know, a, a, one of the the most macro of macro beers.
1: <laughs> you yeah, you would think, and I would think, but there's probably still a lot of people out there that do think Heineken is that sophisticated, um, prestigious international beer. <laughs> yeah, and that it, that know, that it, well, we've, enough, we've all been there where you know the um, the Stella was the fancy beer, because they had all the theatre when they poured it and, you know, scraped the foam off the top. And we've all had that moment.
0: Uh, Funnily enough, I believe that in the original Ian Fleming books, or the the original intention was that uh, Bond would be drinking a Negroni, but the publishers decided that not enough uh, not enough people knew what a Negroni was, so they <laughs> gave him the martini to drink uh, originally. So they essentially dumbed him down, but in doing so they made uh, the, the martini the hallmark of sophistication.
1: That's a cool fact. I did not know that.
0: So I, I could be wrong. Listeners, uh, correct me if I am wrong. But, uh, yeah, no, very, very cool. I wonder if we'll see more craft beer. Um, actually, I'd, I've been watching it tv show on netflix uh in the little time that i get um called silicon valley and i've noticed that they've had quite a few craft beer bottles there and it's just targeted at you know the, the computer world and also even posters in the background and i haven't jumped on to see if it's a real craft beer brand or a or a dodgy one but uh it, we are starting to see um craft beer make its way into pop culture which is great
1: oh it's terrific i think that's as a it's another reflection where you know we're still in the habit of calling it craft beer, and you know the segment is still so small compared to um, a, a percentage of overall beer. But it is just becoming beer. It's just becoming an option that will hopefully just become more and more accessible to everyday consumers. Um, and that can only be a good thing
0: and I do use it as a bit of a in the same way that you've got contemporary uh, you know what was once mainstream is now classic um, and then premium mm. um, craft beer is just another marketing segment really isn't
1: it yeah five ten years ago craft beer was definitely a description we had to have um, where now I think we're just seeing more and more and each year you can just measure like the places you go to and the drinks that um, you know the, the beers that are a available um both on tap and in bottle you just start seeing that extra tap get taken or um you know the, the diversity in the um the pack in the fridge um you know it's stopped just being pale ale and ipas and there's starting to be some sours or um yeah it's 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 a great thing
0: and, and speaking of the sorts of uh sours and the styles you can get the brewers association releases its 2019 beer style guidelines uh the 2019 version includes over a thousand edits, and uh, we see some new style additions, including uh, juicy or hazy strong pale ale. Um, they haven't called it an IPA, which is interesting. Uh, contemporary Belgian style Gers lambic. Um, we've got rot beers. We've got American style India pale ales, um, and a, a number of others. Any anything out of that for, for, from your point of view, Zoe?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm definitely a beer drinker rather than a beer judge. Um, I dabbled in stewarding and then decided I'd just like to drink rather than um, analyse my beer <laughs> that way. But um, from, again, from a marketing point of view, I think one of the challenges in the past has been, um, you know, there's been, there has been some really great beers that do get entered inc- incorrectly into the beer judging because the categories sometimes aren't, um, you know, and the, the way the beer the, the flavors, diversities, and it can be called one style, but actually might be truer to another. Um, I think yeah, any any time that they can be reviewed and more defined, and allow the brewers to enter their beers um, in a much tighter, uh, specific way, um, can only be a good thing.
0: Very true, and I'm I'm like you, Pete's off uh, judging at the moment, but. I, yeah, I just don't. I, I look. I, I don't know whether it's I don't trust my palate. Um, I seem to, when I try a beer, I seem to come to the same conclusion as people whose palates I highly regard. But it's just that that, that additional level of um, insight that I, I, I disappear too far into it, and uh, you know, almost go looking. You know, l- looking too hard at the beer and losing all of the enjoyment from it.
1: Yeah, and I think um, you know this is what I kind of stand by. <laughs> just a. To- have my own back a bit, is the very, very, very vast majority of people just pick up that glass and drink it. So um, <laughs> in terms of being a successful, effective marketer, <laughs> I need to think of the way they drink um, and that's kind of what I stick to. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit the same. So, uh... okay, well, now, this is a story that was down for our deeper dive. Um, I hadn't expected to go quite as deeply into uh, we, we should have spoken to you before we uh, started recording about what you wanted to, to look at, but um, we can dive a little deeply into this one as well. Um, Bridge Road declares itself a sovereign state. In a world's first Victorian craft beer pioneers, Bridge Road brewers are taking a stand against the global beer production giants by declaring their independence from Australia and creating their first ever beer micronation, Beerland. The multinational beer giants have systematically dumbed down one of Australia's most revered crafts beer brewing. We didn't want it to come to this, but have made the decision to break away from Australia in a bid to protect our beer, says Ben Krause from Bridge Road. And we might, before you and I discuss it, I had a quick chat with Ben just to pick up on a couple of things he said in the media release. So we might hear from Ben now and then uh, come back and discuss it. Ben Krause, welcome to uh, Brews News Week. Now, is that Ben Krause or is that uh, El Presidente? Uh,
2: It's El Presidente today. (laughs)
0: The, the, the president of Brewland. Tell me a little bit about, uh, tell me a little bit about the, uh, how you're seceding from the Commonwealth.
2: Um, yeah, we, we've taken a bit of a stand uh, looking at, at sort of how we can further call out our independence and, and sort of bring people's attention to us and what we do and what we stand for. We, we decided to secede from Australia and uh, create our own um, beer micronation at uh, Bridge Road Brewers in Beechworth <laughs> called Brewland.
0: Well, we'll link everybody to the story so they get the full details. But just for the purpose of this uh, quick chat, uh, because I know you've been judging all day at the AIBAs. um, Why secede from Australia? Why have you chosen this way to declare your independence and really celebrate Beechworth Brewing or Bridge Road uh, Brewing's uh, separate status?
2: Yeah, we we sort of looked at what alternatives or options we had to to make the biggest noise possible and really call it out and make a statement and uh and landed on on this idea sort of declaring independence and and um calling out ourselves and and what we do and who we are and and succeeding seemed to be a great way to to get attention and get the message out there and get people discussing and talking about the importance of independence and, and also shine um, in a light somehow in a roundabout way back on um, market share and, and I guess the control that, that some of the bigger brewers have on, on the pub taps in Australia. Effectively, it you know it doesn't give us any more market share. It doesn't give us any more leverage on those pub taps. But I think just make, giving consumers um, some reason to engage in, in that discussion um, is what we, we thought it had achieved.
0: Talk to me about independence. You said uh, it, it puts a spotlight on why independence matters. Why, in your view, does independence matter?
2: I just think the whole, you know, the, if you're into craft beer, into diversity and, and, and the range of offering and, and quality and changing we're seeing in the craft beer market, um, it's really been driven by independent brewers. I don't think that that drive right for, for the progress we're seeing in, in beer. Has come from the multinational. Sure, they've they've, they've partaken in, in in the process and the, and the progress of beer, but they certainly didn't drive it. Been more reactive. So I think you know um, allowing that to keep growing to ensure beer doesn't stall and it continues to evolve is really important. Um, and yeah, independence is what drives it. I, I firmly believe you know small and independent brewers are the ones who are being creative and, and challenging the norms and providing people with new and exciting experiences in beer
0: and, and, and look I, I think that's a lot that's something that a lot of our listeners will uh, agree with but when you read the media release um you know it, you do come back to some of those old uh tropes of mainstream beer is fizzy yellow liquid um and, and you even say that um this is about flavor and quality and Independent beer doesn't really provide a hallmark or doesn't really provide any guarantee of quality, does it? I mean, we're seeing a lot of issues at the moment with uh, you know, packaging exploding, uh, product recalls, uh, highly variable beers coming from, from smaller breweries. Have you chosen the, the, the best um, arguments to, to make around independence when you start talking about quality and flavour?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think, that, you know, when we looked at, at how we communicate this, we were looking to communicate to a broader audience. So I think the people who listen to this show and, and, and subscribe to, to the things you publish are really aware of um, of all all the things around independent craft beer and are probably already sold. So we're trying to reach out to a broader audience that, that possibly don't yet understand the difference between... Um, macro beer and, and independent beer so that language really is you know highlighting people who might have only ever drunk Australian style lager to try something else and come across to independent beers and I think from from our perspective uh, Bridge Row Brewers you know our focus has always been on flavour and quality um, despite you know the odd out of 500 Australian brewers the odd um, mishap or poor quality beer here and there I don't think um, that would align with what we're talking about what we do and I think that, you know, seeing some misses is, is just part of, you know, seeing experimentation and progression and development. You have to have some mistakes. Otherwise, you just sit with the same old, same old. I mean, there's there's probably a, a, a book full of old age uh, words of wisdom talking about, you know, failure is, is the first step towards um, doing something new or being successful. So... Yeah, I think that sort of language and the way we've gone is really pitched at um, bringing new people across and making people aware of what we do and who we are, um, at, rather than aimed at the market who are listening to this show and, and really already already understand what we're all about.
0: Okay. Is this just a one-day um, gimmick to get a little bit of uh, you know, media headlines and, and create a little bit of a discussion or are you really going to sort of advance this and we're going to see Bridge Road uh, passports or beer land passports issued and uh, you're going to start having arguments with the ATO about paying Australian tax like um, the, the, the Western Australian uh, seceding uh, landowner?
2: Yeah, no, we're definitely paying taxes. We're, we're very wary of falling foul uh, of the law so we'll be paying for all that. Excise tax and, and uh, every other form of tax available. So, You're probably um, paying we're more aware tax that we need CUB, to be, I have to, to say. Stick... Yeah, we, we, we definitely are. <laughs> um, uh, I, although I see arguments that um, people argue that they paid their excise tax, but, um, it, that that goes without saying. Um, so, the real change will be, you know, the, the tangible change will be at the venue. Will will When people come to Beachworth, they'll be able to visit Brewland. So, we're really Work on that angle, and we'll, we'll have communications. We've already got flagged up at the brewery, and communications to, to let people know that they're stepping into the land, into Brewland, or, or leaving Brewland for Australia, and have some fun around that experience at the venue. So um, that'll be the more tangible ongoing part. We're having a um, a national day um, on Queen's Birthday long weekend, um, and that'll continue um, year on year on year, where we'll be able to talk about Brewland and and different. I guess, fun and enjoyable parts and aspects around it, population growth, um, square metres growth if we get any bigger, um, <laughs> annual beer production volume, uh, things like that, national national food dish, um, national anthem, uh, just looking for those those fun and, and engaging elements that people will be able to see and experience it at Brewland or at the brewery in Beechworth. Uh,
0: now, the Queen's birthday so you, you you're still part of the commonwealth but just not part of australia you, if you're celebrating the queen's birthday you're not setting up your own rival uh, uh, head of state
2: we we just happen to share the share the birthday so that's actually our um bridge road brewer's birthday so it made sense to, to celebrate our national day on the same day we turned 14 um this it's a friday i think it's a friday the 9th of july this uh, queen's birthday and we thought that'd be a great day to really um, celebrate, you know, the establishment of our micronation, and and then we can continue on that thread going forward. It's an easy date to remember. I, I forget everyone else's birthday, but that one um, <laughs> that one will stick in my mind.
0: Terrific, Ben. Well, mate, thank you very much for uh, explaining a little bit about uh, why Bridge Road has seceded from the uh, from from the Commonwealth of Australia.
2: Cheers, Matt. Thank you.
0: What did you think of all of that, uh, Zoe?
1: I love this. I I think it's brilliant. I think um yeah. Yeah, hats off to Ben and his team. Um, I think they've done a really great job of communicating their message That's it's assertive without being aggressive. It's putting something that, that they've clearly stood by since day one. Um, you know, this isn't something that anyone could accuse the Bridge um, Road team of jumping on board. You know, he's been one of their industry's biggest advocates for um, independent brewing. And they've done it in a way that is welcoming to those fringe drinkers that we want to be bringing into the craft segment. Like craft beer will grow. We don't want it to grow because people already drinking craft drink more. We want to get more people into this. And I think this is a great um, campaign that communicates what's important to them in a way that might sh- share that for the first time with new consumers. Um, they've done it in a really fun way. There's a bit of humour in it. Um, and one of the things I took away from it is that it's actually quite similar to the ads that those beer drinkers would expect to see from the multinationals. So you're kind of talking their language already. It's got that same kind of element to, um, you know, that cheekiness, but there's still a message in it. Um, you know, you, you, again, with the consumer in mind, I think it's been really cleverly done that it will break through it's not another it's not another beer ad and it's not another independent message um, you know I don't think just saying independence is important to me so therefore it has to be important to you if you like beer um, you know I don't mean to be controversial here but you know the sales and volume show that the vast majority of beer consumers independence doesn't matter to them and um, you know, there's what nine. of people that don't drink craft and then so who owns their beer is straight away doesn't you can tell shows isn't is important and then even within craft the vast amount of the volume comes from yak little creatures and squires so with there's no point in preaching to the people that are already converted we need to talk to those people that are in that next bracket on are starting to discover the flavours within beer and something like independence will start being a bit more important to them but also what independence means um you know we see that in other categories we see that with you know farmers markets and um you know like coffee so yeah, i think it's it's good timing i think it's it's a very clever ad it's got a lot of humour in it um yeah and I, yeah i think i think they've done a great job
0: I don't think I can add to that in any way as I said I had the, the the couple of questions I raised have been about you know whether we're beyond that point where we need to start not slagging off the fizzy yellow liquid type drinker but you know, as Ben says you know he's not really going for the the craft beer people he's drinking for he's really targeting and trying to get the people who are still drinking mainstream uh lagers to to think a little bit more about their choice.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I think they've done a great job. Um, And, yeah, it's exactly that. Like, they're the people we all want to see coming into the category because the more people that are drinking, you know, what's defined as craft beer and particularly in this one, you know, the independent craft beers, it just – it will result in more taps, more options, more venues stocking these beers. Um, you know, that's the power of the people. So, um, yeah, El Presidente all the way. Um, he's got my vote.
0: <laughs> vote one, Ben Krause. So he, he, he did say he was a little bit worried that it was a brew dogish sort of stunt. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure he was saying that to me. But uh, there's nothing brew dog-ish about this in the sense that Ben is very uh, much genuinely uh walking the talk or talking the walk.
1: Yeah, and there's no, it's not controversial. It's it's 100% Bridge Road being Bridge Road. Um, and like I said, it's not being aggressive. There's, there's definitely, um, you know, this isn't the first time a brewery has released a message like this, either in Australia or overseas, but they've done it in a very assertive way. They haven't aggressively made the consumer feel like you're a sellout if you're not buying independent beer. Like there's no... It's all about the education and like coming. It's quite welcoming. It's you know come into our independent world rather than what are you doing in that mainstream world. And I love too that it, it's coming out just for the sake of coming out. It's something that's important to them. It hasn't come out as a reaction to another brand getting acquired or you know it's International Beer Day. They've they've just owned it and yeah I, yeah my hat my hat goes off to them. I think they've done a great job. And I love too that they've done this with the long term in mind. So. The, their birthday, which falls on the June long weekend, every year this will be celebrated. So they've obviously thought, like this isn't just a campaign, this isn't just, which I think, you know, this is where BrewDog sometimes, you know, they, they create all this hype and then they go on to the next thing and create all hype around that, where this seems like it's just going to be part of the fabric that is Bridge Road. Um, and it's just a, a very natural next step from the way they've always presented themselves. Um, and not just as marketing like you know obviously Ben's played his role with the IBA and he's you know he's has personally invested so much time into our industry um to champion the independent brewers so um yeah very genuine very welcoming yeah I I thought it was great
0: there there you go I think uh, yeah we'll wait and see the sort of reaction um and just as we've been doing just as you were talking I actually got a text from uh, a a friend who works in one of the big houses um drawing attention to this and uh, ask you know with the question i'm not that scary am i um so <laughs> it, it it certainly is being seen um you know, across the industry so now we'll move on to letter of the week keep things moving and we thank our good friends at beer cartel all correspondents will receive a bruise used bottle opener and go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our good friends at beer cartel who sponsor our letter of the week and uh, just the one letter of the week, um, which was from Adam Gall. I think it is pronounced uh, in, in the Facebook group. Uh, now, Zoe, you, you don't think you're on our Facebook group? You're not a uh, you're not a big Facebooker, are you?
1: Um, I think I'm on a, a fair bit for work, that I do tend to sometimes just hold back a bit and just get a bit of time off the screen. Um, yeah. My work <laughs> life like a fair bit digital. I tend to go a bit analog in my, in my oh. personal life. But um, no, I am a member. I'm just probably more a bit of a, a stalker than a, um, a stalker. contributor.
0: <laughs> we won't hold that against you, and I should do more of that myself. But uh, So we went and created a Facebook group to keep us uh, more digitally engaged. But Adam uh, Gaul on the Facebook group. Um, so what are the thoughts of the Radio Bruce News Brains Trust on this style of beer? It's a milkshake IPA. Um, or in this case, a double dry hopped milkshake IPA. Uh, I'm not in any way singling out the brewer for making this, just using it as an example. I'm a big fan of them and understand that you need to chase the pointy end of the market, but... This beer style makes me cringe and it makes me sad that this is the direction that our glorious beer revolution is heading. We started out as a shift from bland, homogenous lagers and have gone full swing, in my opinion, to products that are very flavourful but so flavourful to the point where any trace of the base beer is covered up by lactose and in many other cases, fruits or caramel, etc. Is this really uh, beer anymore or is this the craft beer version of an Alcopop designed to cater to the millennial palate with low bitterness and fruity sweetness? Uh, old man rant over soapbox. Um,
1: what, what are your thoughts on that one? I'm, personally, I'm with Adam. Like my my palate isn't on board with the milkshake IPAs, and <laughs> um, I think I'm the only person on the planet that isn't on board with Nipahs either. But you know that's just no, my look, personal trust preference.
0: I don't think I've spoken to a brewer that's on board with Nipers, but it's you know, oh, it's I've... almost one of those things that, that <laughs> no, they're all making them. I thought it was just me. <laughs> no, no, no. I've done a lot of panels and I had brewers, and they all shake their heads whenever it comes up. But, you know, like in, in the case of Ben Krause, who we were talking to, he just said, oh, well, we put one out, but that was so the younger brewers could have a go. And it, it, it's, you know, it, it's showing that generation of um, – craft beer uh, brewers it, it's creating excitement it's not my cup of tea yeah but it is um creating excitement um and when we're competing against natural wines or alcopops pops if we want to keep people in the the beer ecosystem i guess that's the, the price you could pay that yeah. said i did describe them as the basity rollers um of beers
1: <laughs> i i think that's a great description of it when the ones i have had i can still appreciate that they're well made and and they're clearly nailed the brief of what they're trying to make. Um, I think the diversity in our category is good. Um, I think when we are competing against other categories like wine, um, you know, beer has so much more to offer, yet I think the vast majority of people don't realise that. Um, they do think it's just the fizzy bland lagers or you know maybe a crazy big IPA that their bearded home brewer mate, gave them once, like <laughs> that is still the majority of people outside my aircraft beer bubble. You know, what we're talking the beers we're talking about here are such a small part of our category. But if it gets put in front of someone who says they don't like beer and then they drink a caramel milkshake IPA and they're just it just totally throws their opinion as to what they thought a beer was, to me that's a win because it- It just means they they question if they know beer and maybe they'll be a bit more open to trying a different beer that's more suited to their palate rather than writing it off because, no, I know I don't like beer. Um, You know, I I really, truly believe that is never true. You've just never tried the beer that's right for you. Um, And so if these flavours are getting produced and they just challenge people that beer isn't the one and only way you think you know it, um, I think our category can only benefit from that
0: hear, 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 So, well, that, that brings us to the end of the end of the news. We've talked about uh, our plans for next week. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, to, to throw into the mix before we uh, sign off for, for for this week of radio of Bruce News Week, Zoe?
1: Um, I guess I'd like to just do a quick little shout out to the Good Beer Week team. Um, this I'm sure today is probably one of the most stressful days leading into the festival for them, the day before launch. So, um, you know, there's a reason why. This is one of the biggest um, celebrations of beer, you know, in the Southern Hemisphere, um, and it's a very small team that put it together. I, I don't think, um, given the sheer number of venues and events and diversity in the in the program, I think it's really easy to underestimate how many people, um, sorry, overestimate how many people are involved. It's a really small and dedicated team. Um, so, yeah, shout out to them for putting on a yet another um festival and i hope everyone has a really great good beer week go out there try something new support a brewery that you haven't been um haven't tried before um yeah make make the most of the opportunity that good beer week brings
0: And next week we will be. I've already locked you in to join uh, Prof and I. So we're going to get the band back together. We might even be able to get Megan in. Um, So reprise our uh, awesome forces. Oh, cool! It's it's lovely
1: when we get to do it in person. Um,
0: Yeah, it's different. So yeah,
1: that'll be good. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for, very much for jumping into my seat as I jump into Pete's seat this week. And uh, yeah, looking forward to having a beer with you next week. Uh, and hopefully with a lot of our uh, regular listeners, if, if you are down in Melbourne uh, or live in Melbourne, we look forward to uh, seeing you as all as part of Good Beer Week or at the Bruce News Studio at Gab's next Friday. But thank you very much for listening and uh, look forward to chatting again with you next week. And we're out. and thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the Letter of the Week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews Newscast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover, because beer is a conversation.